Amen. Uh, real quick, go to Matthew chapter 2. As you turn to Matthew chapter 2, just a quick announcement. I know we did this um, Monday night after prayer, and they still wanted to make sure we announce it again tonight. Right after the service, after we dismiss and um, close out in prayer, you can make your way to the food center. There are tons and tons of food that we need to get rid of. We have an ample supply of meats, I believe it is, Miss Helen. Um, tons of meat that we need to get rid of, and um, we want to bless you guys. So if you need anything like that, I know they have. Uh, Monday night, there was, right after prayer, there was probably 25, 30 people back there loading up, and we still have food. Still have a ton of food, so please help Miss Helen and the food center team out by going to get some because our freezer, how many freezers do we have the way we store food? How many? We have seven massive freezers. Well, maybe not massive. Massive to me. They're bigger than the ones I got at my house. We have seven freezers that are slap full. That's country right there. Full of meats, frozen goods, and so please, Miss Helen said, please um, come back there. And, and I know the church. I know how you guys think. Well, we want to make sure that the food center gives out plenty to the community. They have ample. That's why they're asking you to come back there and help alleviate because what happens is if it stays in there too long, um, they just have to toss it. And, and I've, we've asked them. They even tell our people that come. There's 125, 150 families that come every Thursday, and they tell them, listen, the people that come through to get boxes of food say we, we, we can't take anymore. And the team is saying, good, take more for your friends and family that live in the neighborhood. Bless your, bless your friends in the neighborhood. And so they're, they're teaching, don't just, don't just receive, but, but take what you have here and go bless other people in your, uh, in your neighborhoods or where you live. Amen. So make sure you take advantage of that right after service is over. Matthew chapter 2. Absolutely love, love, love our church family here at Christ Fellowship Church. Pastor Todd, Pastor Karen will be back in town soon. Uh, he'll be preaching Sunday morning for Christmas morning, but they are taking time away with their family, much needed time away with their boys and their daughters in love, <laughs> Hannah and Julianne. And so pray for them as they're being refreshed. Matthew chapter 2, looking at verse 1. Can we stand as we read? I know you think you're at mass sometimes, that you're up and down and up and down, and Jesus down, that's okay. Read the scrolls. They would stand and read, so sometimes we do, sometimes we let you sit, but tonight we're going to ask you to stand as we read. Just a couple of verses. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men, say wise men, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east we were in the east. We were in the east. We saw his star in the east, and we've come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. They're talking about the prophet Micah here, reading uh, what, what the prophet Micah was saying. In verse 6 it says, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. This is Micah prophesying about the coming Messiah, Jesus being born in Bethlehem. Verse seven. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, say wise men, 
When he had secretly called the wise men, he determined from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. When you have found him, bring him, bring word back to me that I may come and worship him also. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, all right. Now, you can't trust everybody. He didn't want to worship anybody. He wanted to kill somebody. Mm. Verse 9. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. <laughs> when even the cosmos gives you directions. GPS has been around a long time. Verse 10, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. When they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. When they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Father, this is your word. It is a lamp to our feet, a light into our path. It brings correction, instruction. It brings illumination and revelation. But Lord, tonight, would you let it bring transformation? Let it bring trans. There are certain symbols and staples of. Um, I know Miss um, Vicky, Bias, some of our team just came back from Israel. And Bias, Vicky, I'm sure if you were to look around over there in Israel, you would see a couple of their staples or symbols that represent their faith and, their, and, and what they put their trust in. You would see the Star of David, right? Did you see the Star of David anywhere? Maybe on a flag, maybe. Few, few thousand times you would see that, and you'd probably um, you'd probably see a menorah. You'd probably see that. Well, in 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 Christianity, um, you'll see some symbols too. For instance, the cross. You you see, we still have the cross. Now he's not there, but we still use that. Everybody understand? He's not there anymore. He came down off of that, went into a tomb, came out of that tomb. Before he ascended, he first descended and took back keys, authority, right? But we still use those symbols. Not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Right? Is that a good thing? We still use the symbols. I know he's not there anymore, but we still use that to help people, to, to, to guide people toward him. He's not there, but that's part of his story. That's part of his life. You can't take that away and give a full picture of his life because he went there. He gave his life there. So to take that element and that symbol away is to do him an injustice. Right? Doesn't mean I can't explain Jesus without using the cross. But that symbol, that, that helps me explain where he's been, what he's done, what, he, what price he paid. Right? The tomb. Once a year, we, we really focus on that tomb. He's, it's an empty tomb. He's not there anymore, but I can still use that. I can still talk about the tomb. It was a borrowed tomb. It wasn't much, but it was all that he had, and he let somebody borrow it. They put Jesus, the Son of God, in that tomb. He's not there anymore, but we still look at that tomb. We still talk about the tomb. Do you understand what I'm saying? You saw it in person. Is it there? Unless you've been there and laid eyes on it, well, 
I don't want to get too deep. I don't have much time, but we have to trust you that it was there. You say it was there? Hey, I've never been there. You were asking me if I've ever been to Israel. I haven't, not yet, yet. But I'm trusting that the word of God that said it was there and your eyes that's been laid on it, that confirms it to me. We can need that. He's not there in the tomb anymore, but I need that, right? He's not in a manger anymore, but I need that. Don't take away from me what he's spoken to me and done in my life. Christians are very critical people. I've only been walking with Jesus for about 30, about 30 years. I didn't understand, but I had some people that I worked with that were strong believers, strong believers. Do you know even the demons believe and, and, and tremble? There's a difference believing and following. I wanna be a follower. But I, I would watch these believers ridicule and beat these people down because they had necklaces with Jesus on a cross. Man, they would just browbeat them and just, how dare you? He's not there anymore. Why would you wear that? That's, that's an incompleted story and testimony. Listen, it's a necklace. Calm down, church. I want to say that. I mean, if I had a platform, I don't. I don't have a platform. But if I had one, I would just say, calm down, church. We're going to make it. There's a reason a unified hell beats the brakes off a divided church seven days a week. Because we can't agree in the house. They watch us on Monday when we clock in and go to the office. They watch us. They watch us. They're listening to us. They're going, why would I want to be a part of that? I'm just telling you. And so, and so here in Matthew chapter 2, only, only 50% of the Gospels share this story. Matthew and Luke. Mark and John just got straight into Jesus' ministry. John's just like, here's the Lamb of God. He's coming in. He's on a donkey. And then Jesus just starts doing incredible things. Matthew and Luke felt necessary to go back and talk about his birth. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that Mark and John were bad people. They just didn't, they were different people, Doug. If, I say this all the time. Pastor Andy, you were in the water Sunday night. Anybody else in the water Sunday night? If, if, if they polled uh, me and, and Glenn and Pastor Andy and whoever else was in there, if Zach pulled everyone in that water, the people that did the interview would go, were y'all even in the same room? Much less pull. Do does that make sense? And so you can't throw Matthew and Luke under the bus for riding all the way back to, you know, genealogies and then the birth. But you also can't take Mark and John and go, what are you doing? Did you not even care? So, so Matthew and Luke write about the, 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 the birth. And they talk about some people that were there the night Jesus was born. Now I'm going somewhere in about nine minutes. That's it. Matthew and Luke talk about the birth of Jesus and record it completely different. 
Why? Because they're two different people. I'm gonna write it the way I saw it. Sean's gonna write it the way he saw it. We're gonna give you the best version we can, but, but we're, we, are, we are mankind. We're not divinity. I can't give you, do you know how in the Old Testament prof, uh, prophets would speak and declare something? And then over in the New Testament, somebody would stand up and they would, they would, they would say the exact same thing? Certain things line up, but, but as mankind, I'm gonna say something different than Larry Wilbanks. Larry's gonna tell you a completely different story. It's gonna be about revivals, about the water, about people getting healed, but I'm gonna share a story maybe of a, of a, of a, of a deaf ear that opened, and somebody else is gonna say, oh, no, no, no. Blind, blind, a deaf ear, blind, I didn't see that. I saw cancer leave somebody's body. And then somebody else is gonna go, well, at the altar, I saw this. Different stories because you were in different viewpoints. So Matthew and, and, and Luke write about the birth. We have a symbol in Christianity. Don't get mad. But we have these things in our front yards, on our mantles, called a nativity scene. I have one. Don't get mad at me. I got one. It's out on display. I have a nativity scene. It's beautiful. It's just inaccurate. <laughs> it's inaccurate. You know how I can tell you? Because it shows me three magi, three wise men, or three kings. The Bible says nothing about them being kings, by the way. Nor does it say there were three of them. Since I was a little baby boy, three wise men, Little manger, Mary, manicured hay. Not the scenario. Most theologians say hay, stable, wood, no. Cave with a shelf carved out called a manger. But in our Western culture, are y'all mad at me? In our Western culture, we see Perfect hay, cute little stable, beautiful little clean-smelling linens. Gain, somebody used gain to do the laundry or tide. No, it was stinky, smelly, poop was everywhere. And there was no wise men there the night he was born. Get mad, amen or oh my, I'm just telling you what the word says. I have a nativity scene, so if you have one, don't go burn it, don't go throw it out in Jesus' name. Listen, you can celebrate, oh Lord. Here we go, Lord. You can celebrate Christmas. People say it's a pagan holiday. I agree. But me worshiping Jesus is not. Amen or oh my. I'm gonna do exactly what the word says. And when these people heard of the birth of Jesus, which we celebrate December 25th, but hey, hey, he was not born on December 25th. Newsflash. How do you know? The scriptures tell us. Shepherds were abiding and watching their flocks. Every, Lord, every rabbi will tell you, every Jewish, you talk to a Jew, they'll tell you, in December, there would not have been shepherds out there staying in the field at night. Not gonna happen. They would have been in the spring, early summer. Not in December, especially on December 25th. Not happening. Matter of fact, we did not even celebrate Christmas as Christians until 440 AD. Nobody even knew December 25th. 
So if you're sitting there holding your ground, December 25th when he was born, you're wrong. Get over it. It's right there. He's telling you. I always get myself in trouble. But I'm just trying to give you the facts. You, listen. Philippians 2 says, Paul was teaching. He said, you obey my words when I'm with you and you obey when I'm not. Good, but work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So I'm gonna work out mine, Doug. Work out yours, I'm gonna work out mine. And I'm gonna do the best of my ability to work mine out according to that book. If I'm wrong, I'll, I'll hey, listen. And I'd fight with people. December 25th, it is, it is. I was wrong, I was ignorant. No, it's not, okay? There were not wise men there. There were shepherds at the manger. Not wise men. Go to Luke chapter two. Matter of fact, stay, stay, stay right there. Don't turn. Look, verse number one of Matthew chapter two. Now, after Jesus was born, wise men showed up. Most theologians say it was probably several weeks, if not months, Months, how many? 12, 18, 24, I don't know, months. I wasn't there. But the theologians say those wise men would have not shown up now after Jesus was born. Verse 11, hurry, look, look, Matthew chapter two. I'm gonna show you. Now after Jesus was born, Matthew two, verse one, right? The wise men didn't come till after he was born. And let's see where they went. Matthew chapter two, verse 11. And when they had come into the, they didn't go to the stable. Now don't go to your neighbor's house, ring their doorbell, and say, hey, that nativity scene you got out there? Let me educate you. <laughs> Let me educate you. <laughs> don't do that. Let them work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. Holy Spirit does not need me to help convict them of what they're, mm. Oh, well. Oh, well, oh, well. Look at Luke verse two, I mean, Luke chapter two. Matthew, Mark, Luke. I gotta hurry, Lord Jesus. <laughs> I only want respect what I've been commissioned to do. Luke chapter two, verse one. And in those days it came to pass that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. There was a reason why everybody had to go back to his hometown. Look at verse three. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary. Why did, why did, why did Joseph go back? He was obeying the law of the land. I've got to go back to my hometown to be registered. Mary, let's go. You see that? They left there, there. They left, uh, verse four. Went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, in house in Judea, to be registered with who? Mary, his betrothed wife, who was what? With child. Do you know that was about 80 miles away? We get this little cute picture of Jesus uh, uh, inside Mary, Mary's on the back of a donkey, and Joseph has got the reins. And, and the farthest we've ever seen them go is the back of the sanctuary to the platform. 
That's all we've ever seen. 92 steps is all Mary had to endure, pregnant on the back of a donkey. 80 miles they went. Heartburn, leg cramps, can't feel my toes. Joseph stopped pulling the donkey. It knows what it's doing. Joseph, stop. Pregnant. You know, all those emotions. Oh, she's got all that stuff. Sometimes we get so, we get so spiritually minded, we're no earthly good. She was pregnant, y'all. She still had to go through the same thing. This whole song, no crying, no crying, he made away in a manger. Asleep on a bed, no crying he made, no crying he made. He's a baby. Any mom ever had a baby that didn't cry? No, we just picture this spiritual, beautiful thing with a, with a 92 foot walk from donkey to platform and cute little hay manicured stable. Inaccurate. Cave. Shelf that they carved out and put baby Jesus in there. Wise men did not show up until after. Matthew chapter 2. After. Guess who was there? Let's read. Luke chapter 2, verse 5. He was to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes. You know the story, right? Yeah. Verse, verse 8. Watch. Here's who was there. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields. They would have not, again, they wouldn't have been doing that December 25th. They wouldn't be doing it in December. It'd been spring or summer. Okay? They were keeping watch over their flock by night. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior is Christ the Lord. Um, skip down to verse 15. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us. When they came, made haste, they found Mary, Joseph, and the babe lying in a shepherd's manger. Not wise men. Definitely not three. You know this, the, the song, We Three Kings? Cute. Inaccurate. There weren't th no, no, nowhere do you see there were three. You know where we got three? The three gifts they brought. So we just assume Three gifts, three people. No, all theologians, theologians will tell you that they would have traveled in caravans. These wise men would have, they would have come with a group. They're traveling from afar. They're traveling from a, not a fire. I know we're in Dawsonville. It wasn't a far, it was a far. It was a long way. It wasn't, a, you gotta be careful where you're talking. It came from fire, I didn't know it was a fire. No, it was a far, a long way off they came. So, so, so wise men weren't there the night the birth shepherds were got it they weren't three there would have been a multitude who knows we know it wasn't just one it would have been, it would have said the wise man so we know there were at least two right we do know that and there were three gifts heard one time we were in the baptist church and i got so offended we were in the baptist church we always did a christmas play there was this one year we didn't do the Christmas play. We didn't do the nativity scene or anything like that. Ask the, ask the pastor what happened. He said, well, I went to the drama, the, the, the lady, the, the drama director. We could find a little baby. There was a newborn baby in the church. Found the baby, found Mary and Joseph. We just couldn't find the wise men. 
Jokes don't get any better, folks. <clears throat> Watch this. Let me hurry. We know that there was more than, than one. We don't know how many. But we base it off the gifts that they brought. They felt, they felt so honored on this day when they finally came and found him weeks, months after he was born. The Bible says in Luke, they didn't find him, or in Matthew, they didn't find him in a, in a, in a stable. They found him in a house. He, they, Mary and Joseph and Jesus were still in Bethlehem, but they weren't in the stable at that time. They had already relocated into a house is what Matthew said. Got it? Wise men not, not there till later. Shepherds were. wonder why the shepherds didn't make, you know, the most nativity scenes is just Joseph, Mary, Jesus, angel, three wise men with their gifts, and a keep. We need the shepherds. Can we just talk about the three gifts real quick? It's so beautiful. Nothing in the scripture was there, was put there by mistake. Nothing. Even the things that we don't understand, the begats, the genealogy, there is so much in that part. So-and-so begat so-and-so begat so-and-so begat so-and-so. 40 plus generations later, we find Jesus, right? There's so much history and depth and all that, but we just skip right over it. Nothing was put in here that the Father didn't want us, want us to see. And there's something about the three gifts he wants us to take from that. The first one, the Bible says, gold was brought. Gold was brought. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. First one was gold. Anybody studied uh, um, the tabernacle in Caneo? What is a lot of the furniture and fixtures in the, in the tabernacle? What was it? What did it consist of? What was it made of? A lot, a, lot of, a lot of bronze, a lot of gold. Solomon's temple, the, the Bible says walls were layered with gold. The, 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 the priestly garments had gold in them. Why? Gold was fit for a king. The gifts they brought on that particular night in that house were prophetic in nature. Not just some random gifts. I know you've got random gifts at Christmas. One time, one time I was probably 10 years old, 11 years old. You've heard this story. I'm, I'm sure if you've been around longer than a week with me, you've heard this story. It's very brutal. It's, I'm still harmed and, and hurt by it. Um, I, was, I was about 10, 11 years old. My, my oldest sister, when it came time to open her gifts from my, my aunt and uncle, they traveled a lot. They worked for the forestry service. So they were always in Alaska, Juneau, Alaska, and in Vermont, and then traveling all over in Idaho. And um, we never really got to see them. So when at Christmas time, when they would ship those gifts to us, man, we knew that it was going to be awesome. It always was. And so my oldest sister, she opens up hers. And man, there's this like 10-tiered toolbox of makeup best makeup. She opened it, she's like, <laughs> crying, you know. She got makeup, it's beautiful, all this beautiful, like 10. I'm going, whoa, that's very expensive. The next in line was my, my brother. So my sister at that time, she was 14, my brother was 13, my sister was 12, and I was 11. Boy, girl, boy, girl, just like that. So my older sister, she got open for her. She got the makeup palace. My brother, he opens his gift, and do you remember back in the 80s, they had the that could move one, two, three, four spots and you'd score a touchdown. 
and you I had to go against my brother got that. I was like, ah, golly, if he got that, you know what I'm getting. Oh, you know I'm getting something because I'm the youngest. I'm getting something good. The next one in line was my sister. She got some kind of, I don't know what it was. It was beautiful. She's teared up and crying. I'm like, whoa, whoa. Y'all just better get ready. When I open my gift, y'all better get ready. I mean, it's gonna be like a party. Who knows? Wise men may show up. Not, not, because, not because of anything other than they felt sorry for my gift because I opened this three-foot-long thing up and it's a back scratcher. It's three-foot-long. It's plastic. It's got a hand on the end of it. And I'm like, what meaneth this? There's got to be a mistake. Who in the world? <laughs> and it's cute. It's cute. It's cute. Because most of the people are like, even my mom, she's like, Marty, it's the thought that counts. <laughs> mom, no, don't say that. Tell makeup girl over there, palace makeup. Tell head-to-head digital football boy that. I got a back scratcher. I was 11. I'm 52. I'm still talking about that doggone red plastic back scratcher. But you know what? Now that I'm 52, you know more than anybody what I want more than anything. A doggone back scratcher. My back itches in one spot. I'm telling way too much. Y'all stand to your feet. I got to hurry. Got to wrap this thing up. I'm telling way too much. I, if, my, if my wife would scratch my back for like 10 minutes, <laughs> Doug, I would mow the lawn, cut the, I'd, I'd wash the cars. I just, just right here. I can't even reach it. So I'm appreciating that gift now. I need to go back and repent. I've already repented of all that. I've already repented. Don't hold that against me. It just makes for a good story. I'm still a little hurt. I don't know. Back scratcher. My family still gets on to me. Every Christmas when we get around the tree, my dad's like, hey, bet you that gift right there is a back scratcher. <laughs> so funny. I didn't appreciate it when I was a young boy. I was a thug, unsaved. Well, thank God I'm saved now. I've repented of that anger, even though it's still a little there. <laughs> Just having fun. The first gift was gold, fit for a king. The second gift was frankincense, which in the Old Testament, the priest would come through. So when that when that second gift was presented, the first one said, we realize you are not only a king, you are the king of kings. And as a baby, we present you with gold. Second gift was frankincense. We, we know not only are you king of kings, but you're the high priest. We're bringing frankincense as a prophetic honor and say that we, we agree. We know that Messiah has come. You are, you are king and you are priestly. Do you know within inside of every one of you, all of us as born again followers of Jesus Christ, the Bible says that he has made us both kings and priests with him. That's what it says. Within every single one of you, there is a priest, male and female. There's a priestly side of you that worships and adores Jesus, that, that serves him with your whole heart. But there's also a king on the inside of us, which is the businessman working side of us. There's a king and there's a priest within every one of us. 
There's a priestly side where you, where you, where you govern your home by the word of God and, and, and release the word of God to your children and your children's children. There's a priestly side. There's a kingly side where you either own your own business or you work for another man or woman or maybe you, maybe you stay at home, let your spouse work. I'm just saying somebody in the home has to have an income. There's a kingly side. Paul was not just a preacher, evangelist, turn the world upside down, author. He was also a tent maker. Jesus' family was in carpentry. There's a priestly side, Doug, and then there's a kingly side. The priest will always do everything within himself to honor the king. The king will always do everything within himself to kill the priest. There's a king on the inside of you that says, just make all the money you can get, forget the church, don't give to the church. Build big houses and find fast cars and big jets. And The king always wants to dishonor the priest, but the priest will always want to honor the king. You gotta have that, you gotta have that understanding on the inside, the wherewithal to let that king know you're going to work and you're gonna earn money and, I, I, and, and I'm okay. I'm okay with you having money. I believe the scriptures is okay with you having money. He talks about it many times as to make a lot of money. Go, my God, go make a lot of money and bless a lot of people. He told that strong, I will bless you for one reason, to be a blessing. You have to, you have to manage that struggle within. The priest always wants to honor the king and the king always wants to kill the priest. How do you know? Look at all the people you know that made a bunch of money. They were in church, loving God, serving the house, made a bunch of money. You can't find them anymore. Because they had no problem tithing off of $30,000 a year. But when they started making $3 million a year, that's the problem. Now you're asking me to give way more. No, he's still asking for the same 10. It's the same 10%. It just hurts a little bit more when it comes in. The, oh, my God. Anyway, they gave gold. They gave frankincense and they gave myrrh. You know what myrrh was used for? Embalming fluid. Myrrh was an anointing oil that they didn't inject the body, you know what I'm saying? It was, it was a preparation. They would smear the body with myrrh to prepare it for death so that in the death, in the burial, five days, five weeks, five months later, people could still smell the myrrh and not rotting flesh. How prophetic was that third gift? Gold, you're a king. Frankincense, you're the high priest. And oh, by the way, oh, by the way, cute little manger scene, baby Jesus swaddling clothes. By the way, third gift, because you won't stay here long. And as much as we love you around here, they don't. They're gonna try to kill you. Mary's like, who would try to kill my son? The religious people. What your word says, the religious crowd are gonna come after him. Gold, frankincense, and by the way, you're going to die. It's a 
prophetic word. You're gonna die. We're preparing you for that from birth to death. Three words the Lord wants us to have, I believe, going into 2023. You can be a king. You can be the most blessed um, business owner, employer, employee. You can be the most blessed at your job. The Lord's okay with that. Honor him with everything you do at the job. That's all right. Don't, the Lord's, don't beat your kids. Don't beat them. Oh, Lord Jesus, I got to hurry. Don't beat your kids into this thing so much and put so much religion in them that they have religion, but they have no relationship. I know the word, you've beat it into me. I just have no desire for it. 18 years of youth ministry. So many times I would have moms and dads come up. I can't do anything with my, with my kid. Can't do anything with them. I had a guy come up to me one time. He said, I need you to preach something next Wednesday night. Would you do that? And I said, well, it depends on what you want me to preach on. He said, as sure as I'm standing here. He said, I need you to preach on hygiene and cleanliness because my daughters stink. I said, I will be glad to preach on that if you'll go home and lay hands on them, get them filled with the Holy Ghost, pray over them, lead them in the way they should go. I'll do, I'll, I'll, sure, I'll preach on right guard and Old Spice if you'll do your priestly job at the home. Be glad to. He's okay with us being business owners and, 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 and employees and then, and then priest of the home. Priest, wherever you go, you carry. You carry the word of God within you as a priest. Male, female, you're a priest. You carry this wherever you go. And then the third, I really believe, is a word for 2023. I was praying, and right over there in that corner, I told Norman Cruikshank the other night, Monday after prayer, I said, I turned that corner over there, Jim. And you know the Pentecostals, every year they have a word? I used to love them until I got so turned off because it was all about prosperity, breakthrough, the year of favor, the year of jets and skyscrapers and Ferraris and Lamborghinis. I got tired of all that foolishness. I turned that corner over there and the Lord said, for 2023, maybe it's just for me, I heard the word crushing. He said, Marty, this will be the year of the crushing for you. I was like, oh Lord, I don't want to be crushed. He said, ah, ah. You want the oil, that olive, crushed. You want that fresh new wine, the grape, crushed. And then I turned and got right down here and he said, everything I want you to do in 2023, I want you to crush it. He said, I want you to crush it. Whatever you do, crush it. As you honor me, crush it. Be the best you can be, crush it. Go after it with all your heart, crush it. And as you do, It'll only come through one thing. You allowing me to crush you. Face down on the floor. If you'll allow me to crush you, I'll work with you, partner with you, says the word. For his glory and his honor. Lord, these are your people. Thank you that your face shines upon them. You care so much about us, Lord. You care so much about the world lost and dying and hurting. Lord, we pray during this season, we don't point just to trees and presents and nativity scenes. Lord, use us to explain some things with a pure heart. Use us, Lord, to bring light and illumination, Lord, and revelation to those who don't really understand, Lord. Use us with pure hearts and pure motives, Lord, to with, with love, with love bring some instruction and correction. 
but all in love, Lord. All in love. And just like those wise men, Lord, we still want to bring gifts to you. Still want to bring gifts to you. Bless you and your people. In Jesus' name, amen. I bless you guys. We'll see you Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Amen.